Recently, one of the top podcasters in the world sat down with one of the top YouTubers in the world, and I think actually they are both the top. They're not kind of the top. I'm just trying not to be too inflammatory here, but Joe Rogan sat down with Mr. Beast, whose real name is Jimmy, on the Joe Rogan Show. So they weren't kicking around ideas on how to increase their platforms. Joe has already got the huge deal on Spotify. If you don't know, Joe Rogan's top podcast guy. He's exclusive to Spotify. He signed like a $200 million deal to get off of YouTube and to get off of Apple and be exclusive to Spotify. And then Jimmy or Mr. Beast is the top YouTuber in 2021. He made like 80 million bucks or something like that. He has over 100 million subscribers across his channels. And it was really interesting. So anytime I can hear what Russell Brunson would call category kings, top podcaster, top YouTuber, have a conversation, I'm in. So I thought it was really interesting. It was like two and a half hours long, as usual for Joe Rogan, long form interview. And there were a couple of takeaways. First off, if you don't know Mr. Beast, I've got a 11, 13, and 15-year-old sons, and we watch a lot of Mr. Beast on YouTube. Pretty entertaining, usually family-friendly, interesting channel. It's funny stuff. I can't explain it. He's got a gaming channel, he's got a phil- uh, philanthropic channel, and he's got his main channel where they do stunts like he'll say last person to leave this island wins the island, or last person to take their hand off this Lamborghini wins a Lamborghini, or stuff like that. That's not all the content, but good hooks like that. Like I spent 50 hours buried alive and see what happens, right? He's got cameras inside the coffin. So he's kind of doing publicity stunts on his main channel and getting a ton of views on interesting hooks. I'll come back to that later. He also has his gaming channel where he he and his buddies are playing games. I think he said he has the top gaming channel. And then there's also a channel where he's reacting to stuff, which is good. If you have a decent personality, like he does, he's watching videos and reacting to them in real time. Usually the videos are funny or interesting, and then he'll react to the clips. And those are like eight or nine minutes long. Really interesting. I can't say enough about the guy. I mean, super interesting stuff. When Squid Games was hot, for example, there was a TV show on Netflix called Squid Games. It was kind of like Hunger Games, but much more violent. He made a Squid Games replica in his warehouses in North Carolina. And that video has almost a quarter of a billion with a B views so far. So great YouTuber, smart guy. He's 23 years old, which is a little sad. I'm almost twice his age. He could almost be my son. And um, super interesting in in that way that he's got so much focus. So I wanted to share with you today my top takeaways from that show. Might save you two and a half hours of listening to a podcast. So my first takeaway, since he's the top guy, was I was so impressed with how dedicated he was to his craft. He was laser focused, completely dedicated. So the interviewer would say, what do you think about meta, like the metaverse, about VR and about Facebook? He's like, honestly, I'm just on YouTube. I watch a lot of YouTube and I am just on YouTube a lot. I'm uploading content on YouTube. That's all I do. And so then the interviewer asked him about a movie later on. And he said, is that on YouTube? And they all kind of laughed. And he's like, I don't watch movies. I don't watch Netflix. I don't do anything else. I'm just so dedicated to making YouTube videos, making the best possible YouTube videos. I don't watch other mediums. I thought that was really cool that he could take that much uh, focus and attention and drive and focus it all on one thing. And he joked on the show, luckily he chose something that makes him great money because he could have chosen to be the best in the world at painting bowling balls, but it wouldn't have paid quite as well as being the top YouTuber in the world. So I was really impressed with his dedication and focus to the platform and not being distracted by other stuff on other platforms. He was just the best. The second thing that really stuck out to me is his wisdom, how he reinvests his money. So when he started making videos at 13, I think he said he was maybe 15 years old when he made his first dollar from Facebook and then he, or from YouTube. See, I, I talk about Facebook all the time from YouTube and he would reinvest every dollar he made back into making better videos. So he would make 5,000 per video. Then he would invest the 5,000 back into his video. He'd make 50,000 per video. Then he'd reinvest the 50K back into his video. He'd make 500K now in his videos and brand deals and stuff and invest all that half a million bucks back into his videos. So 
he wasn't, he's not flashy. He's no, doesn't live in a mansion, doesn't drive a fancy car, just to reinvesting his profits from his business back into his business. And people think that's crazy on YouTube, but we all kind of do that. Whenever I make a bunch of money in my agency, I usually reinvest it back into Facebook ads so I can grow my email list and then make even more money. And then it all kind of feeds itself. So he's doing the same thing like so many successful and healthy businesses are doing there as well. The third thing that stood out was how he's dealing with ancillary businesses, side businesses, side hustles. So he knows that his best talent, his best skill is being on camera. So we've heard this before. I've made me think of Dean Jackson, a guy that has a uh, kind of a who not how mentality saying, you don't have to learn how to edit a YouTube video. You need to know who can edit a YouTube video. And he brought this up a lot saying, let's say you have five tasks in your business. If you do all five of them, you can spend at max 20% on each one of those five parts of your business. But if you hire an editor, for example, that editor can spend 10 hours a day editing your videos. And now you can do something else. Even if they're 25% worse than you are at editing, they have, that's their full-time job. They'll just be, do better at it because they're doing it more than you could ever give it attention to. I thought that's pretty wise for a 23 year old guy. I wonder where he learned those lessons along the way. But he also has, um, he has some, uh, the, like I said, the, philan the philanthropy business. That's always a hard word for me to say. And then he's got a burger business called Beast Burgers. Side note, it wasn't his idea. It sounds like he was approached by a person who owned 300 restaurants. And during COVID, they were all shut down. But he had the equipment. He had the people trying to keep them employed. So they dreamed up a scheme where Mr. Beast could help them with the branding and the marketing of what he called Beast Burgers, limited menu, it's all virtual. There's no actual physical stores. You can't walk into a Beast Burger and get a burger like you could walk into McDonald's. They had to do a course on how to make the ingredients. Then they had to buy the ingredients. And then if you had a griddle and you had a fry, um, a fry pot or wherever you make French fries, then all of a sudden you're in business and you can now open up your store on DoorDash or Uber Eats and you're selling Beast Burgers. So really smart idea because again, if he can get more attention with more viewership and his videos, then the, the charity goes better and the other businesses go better as well. So interesting to see how he could take what he's done by being an attention and engagement magnet and turning it into other side businesses as well. I thought that was really interesting. And then the last thing, speaking of attention and speaking of engagement, he was talking about the key to a great YouTube video. And it's true for whatever kind of business we're in as well. All the time we're making offers, we're getting ideas for social media posts or emails we could send or an article we could write or a free thing we could run or a paid thing we could run. There's a lot of different promotions that we put out into the world. And he said the difference in a video that gets 1 million views and gets 30 million views is just having a better hook. It's by having a better idea. And so he said he spent in the beginning days, hours a day, brainstorming and dreaming up ideas and hooks for certain videos. And he knew that even if the video itself, if the camera wasn't the nicest camera, if the editing wasn't the most professional editing, he just knew if the hook was good enough, he was going to go viral and get a lot of views and a lot of subscribers from that as well. So I thought that was really interesting. One of the exercises that he did was a word association. So he said, Joe, give me a word. And Joe said, um, dogs or dog. And then Jimmy said, okay, so I would think, what if I adopted every dog in a kennel and, and gave them to kids? Or what if I bought the world's most expensive dog food and ate it? Or what if I... And he started thinking like five, 10, honestly, pretty good ideas of hooks for videos around dogs. And he just said he did that all the time. So he just got his muscle toned, just like, you know, doing bicep curls at the gym. His idea making muscle, his hook making muscle was very well developed. 
right? And so he said now he's got a Google Doc with hundreds or thousands of these videos, ideas that are great hooks, limited just by production time, editing, team, complexity, cost, stuff like that, right? So think about that for us as well as creators in our own way. I know we don't have 100 million subscribers, but we do have to make some offers. We do have to make a five-day challenge. We do have to make a paid course, stuff like that. What, what can be better hooks? I'll give you a couple of examples. First, from me, my about a year ago, I hosted an event called Funnel by Five. And I thought, what if I could build like 100 or hundreds of funnels in a day? Give me $5 and by 5 p.m. you'll have a two-step opt-in workhorse funnel done in your business. I think 130 people signed up for that thing. And we got like 30 or 40 funnels done that day, which is crazy. It was Thursday, March 25th. I remember because I was talking about it all the time back in 2021. It's a pretty good hook. It's different than a five-day challenge or different than a seven-day challenge. It's a one-day challenge. It's not free. It's paid. And I'm going to help you get a funnel done. Where else can you spend $5 and set aside a day and you're going to get your two-step opt-in funnel done and even more powerfully get the framework and the structure to do it as often as you would like, right? Interesting. It was kind of noteworthy. People passed it around. And now hundreds of people have used that process to build their funnel in a day. Usually it doesn't take all nine hours or whatever. You take an hour or so. But if you go to funnelby5.com, you can go check it out. If you need to get a funnel done, go for it. The other one that I've been doing recently, as you know, is the uh, Cody's Launch Maps. You go to Cody's, codyslaunchmaps.com. I bought a laminator. I put it up in my dining room table uh, like once a week, and I laminate these launch maps. So I took my three top performing launch structures and sketched them out, put them in a software that shows you how to do it all on one page, printed them off at FedEx, and then bought a laminator and laminating pouches and laminated them. And I mailed them to people. And that's an interesting hook. I didn't see anybody else doing that. Nobody's mailing people stuff in 2022. I'm putting handwritten notes inside of the uh, packages when they go out. I'm trying to think, what would be different? What would be remarkable? What's a better hook? I also was reminded of one that I saw from Russell Brunson. He was hosting a virtual event and the virtual event was 197. And he said, only pay for it afterwards if he thought it was awesome. So he still had to go check out, but I think he probably did like a 14 day free trial or something to buying uh, his, um, you know, buying a ticket to the, to the course or to the event. And if you don't like it, then you have to ask for your money back. But that's kind of a crazy hook, right? It's a, a virtual event. We'll show you some really cool stuff. And if it wasn't the best thing you've ever seen, then just let our team know, well, we won't charge your card. You've paid nothing yet, but we just won't hit it, you know, for the 197. He also shared that, uh, so great hook gets people in, only pay for it if you love it, right? That's the hook. But then he said, he broke down his funnels kind of behind the scenes. And he said only 10% or so of people ever asked for their card not to, not to be charged. And then he also offered an, uh, on the order form, you pay 197 afterwards if you liked it. Or prepay for 147, so save 50 bucks and get the recordings. He said, I forget the numbers, but most people I think did that second option. So that made more money up front, increased their average order value. And then he had a couple of order bumps and upsells along the way, like maybe a VIP ticket was the upsell on the thank you page and so forth, right? So that's a great example of a great hook. You could say, I'm hosting an event, click here to go get tickets. Or you could say, I'm hosting an event, click here to go get tickets, but you only pay if you love it. Wait, what'd you say? I only pay if I love it. What are you talking about? How does that work, right? So brainstorm the hooks. Think about what would make this offer even more remarkable, make it even more share-worthy. Word kind of got out that I was doing this funnel by five thing a year ago, and I bet the bulk of those sales came from people talking about this thing that I was doing. I'm gonna help you build a funnel for five bucks in one day on March 25th. It was awesome. It was great. I'm gonna do it again this year. You'll, you'll see that coming soon. So 
that's the recap of the interview with Jimmy Donaldson and Joe Rogan. Uh, Jimmy, also known as Mr. Beast, super interesting, two titans of the industry in their own respective ways, and definitely with some takeaways that we can learn from. So I hope you enjoyed this episode, and I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Cody Builds a Business Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please leave a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts.